This is Radio Ukraine International with the weekly program Ukraine Global, written by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. Radio Ukraine International invites listeners to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine and analyzing their global dimension in studio discussions with experts, government officials and public figures. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the latest military and financial aid from the USA to Ukraine, how Americans living in Ukraine evaluate the changes inside the country, whether they see positive trends in its development and why it is profitable for the West to support Ukraine. Change is coming. Step by step, slowly but steadily, Ukraine is moving towards its European dream. And Western military and financial help is a key factor on this path. Every year the United States sends billions of dollars in aid, much more than any other country, to beneficiaries around the world in pursuit of its security, economic and humanitarian interests. Heading into 2022, U.S. foreign assistance was driven by various priorities of the Biden administration, including combating climate change, responding to the COVID-19 pandemic and countering authoritarianism. But since Russia's invasion in February of that year, Ukraine has become far and away the top recipient of U.S. foreign aid. It's the first time that a European country has held the top spot since the Harry Truman administration directed vast sums into rebuilding the continent through the Marshall Plan after World War II. Since the war began, the Biden administration and the U.S. Congress have directed more than $75 billion in assistance to Ukraine, which includes humanitarian, financial and military support, according to the Kiel Institute for the World Economy, a German research institute. The historic sums are helping Ukrainian people and institutions, including refugees law enforcement and independent radio broadcasters, though most of the aid has been military-related. Dozens of other countries, including most members of NATO and the European Union, are also providing large aid packages to Ukraine. Radio Ukraine's Viktoria Krukova spoke with Peter from the USA, who just came to Ukraine. He says that for the last year, Ukrainians did something the whole world didn't expect to see, stood up and protected our land and the world should take it seriously. First of all, what is the reason why did you come to Ukraine? And uh, I'm making a program about the help to Ukraine from the West. How do you think it is beneficial and useful not only for Ukraine, but to the West to help us? Why? It is not a question of helping Ukraine. Ukraine has had a genocidal lunatic pour a quarter million troops over the border and then look at the rest of the world and tell us all that if we interfere, he will F us up. He will fry us, fission, nuclear threats, uh, fuel. He will cut off the fuel and you will freeze. Food. Famine has already begun in Africa because of this. It destabilizes the entire world order and it cannot be allowed. The Ukrainian people are bearing the brunt of it. The Ukrainian people are bleeding right now, but it is the world and the world order that is at risk. This has to be taken seriously by everybody because we're all at risk. If we don't live in a rules-based order where law matters and anybody 
that's got nuclear weapons can do what they like to their neighbors as if their neighbors were not people. It's the end of modern civilization as we know it, and it cannot be allowed. So do you think the Western society takes seriously the war in Ukraine? They are not tired of it? Because I have a lot of friends in there saying that if it is not connected to your home, it is if not connected to your land, they think that all oh, it is going on somewhere in some place. It is not touching me like personally. You are the one who came. But what about those who are staying there? What do they think? I am in a unique position that I was able to come. Not everybody can. I understand that. Of course you can't. You have children. You have a career. You have a business. Of course you stay home. But you have to take this seriously. And I'll tell you, Victoria, the reason, the real motivating moment that I decided to come. I was in a bar in Pennsylvania talking to my friend about the situation here and about how terrible it was. And the bartender comes over to us and he says, Ah, that's a lot of nonsense. That war, that's not a war. It's a hoax. It's all big hoax. So the Biden crime family can launder money through Ukraine. That's what it's about. This kind of foolish buy-in to Russian propaganda permeates American society. It's a real problem. And if there is anything that I can do while I'm here to communicate back home to the people that I know and love, what's really happening, what's happening on the ground here. You know, we talk about freedom of speech. Should a guy like that be allowed to say such a stupid thing? I mean, really, <laughs> it's like talking to a flat earther. But the flat earther doesn't have the right to say what he says because of free speech. I have the right to listen to what he says and say to myself, well, wait a minute. I know that's nonsense. But why is it nonsense? Why do I believe the earth is round? Why don't I think the earth is flat? What are the critical rationales that lead me to believe this person is not a person to listen to? And in that moment at that bar, I decided that that person was not a person I would ever tip again, and I would pack up and I would come here so that I could see for myself that the earth was not flat. So the main reason why you came was to check for yourself, to see by your eyes what is going on? No, I knew what was going on. I absolutely believed that I knew what was going on from the beginning. But there is something to be said for seeing it for yourself. And as a person whose son has recently grown up and moved out of the house, as an empty nester, as we say in the United States, I was in a position where I could go and will not suffer for it. And if there is some good that I can do while I'm here, I would be very grateful for that opportunity. Because I do believe that we are at a crisis point in history. And when I think about how many people have had to flee this country, how many people have been murdered in this conflict, how many people are on the front lines right now instead of at home, there is a real manpower shortage here. So just being here to do whatever I can is potentially of value to the people of Ukraine. Thank you. I know that you said that you can judge about inner changes inside of Ukraine for the year, but maybe as a person who followed the news or from a side, how do you see the image of Ukraine? Did it change for this year? If there is any change for me in the perception of Ukraine, I will have to admit that 
when the troops came over the border and that 41-mile-long column of tanks was headed to Kiev, I was convinced, as anyone else, that it would be over in 72 hours. And I felt bad about it. But I thought, there is nothing we can do. It's done. And then the stories started emerging of the mayor who blocked the runways and of the defense of Kiev. And then three days turned into six days. And suddenly I started cheering. And so there is this sense, and I think it's shared by many people in the West, that the crucible of this war has galvanized a new nation. An emergent democracy has stepped out onto the world stage and shown the world, we are here and we are not going anywhere. So the changing point that everyone was thinking that we will lose, but it didn't happen. We stood up and we protected our land. So actually, that's the reason. When you don't expect the change, but it still happens. It's a miracle. And it's a miracle who made people. Much of the aid has gone toward providing weapon systems, training and intelligence that Ukrainian commanders need to defend against Russia, which has one of the world's most powerful militaries. Many Western analysts say the military aid provided by the United States and other allies has played a pivotal role in Ukraine's defense and counteroffensive against Russia. U.S. and Allied leaders consider Russia's invasion a brutal and illegal war of aggression on NATO's frontier, which, if successful, would subjugate millions of Ukrainians, encourage Russian President Vladimir Putin's revanchist aims, and invite similar aggression from other rival powers, especially China. Still, Ukraine has requested certain advanced equipment, such as fighter aircraft, which the United States and other donor governments have been unwilling to provide worried that doing so could escalate the war. NATO allies are particularly wary of being pulled directly into the hostilities, which would dramatically raise the risk of a nuclear war. However, as the fighting has progressed, they have steadily shed their reluctance to give Ukraine more sophisticated assets, such as battle tanks. At the one-year mark of the war, the Biden administration has provided or agreed to provide Ukraine with a long list of defense capabilities including Abrams battle tanks, anti-aircraft missiles, coastal defense ships and advanced surveillance and radar systems. Compared with the US military assistance to other top recipients, including Afghanistan and Israel, the extraordinary scale of this aid comes into view. Likewise, when compared with the critical support to Ukraine from other countries, the magnitude of US aid stands out. However, some European governments, such as Latvia and Estonia, are making larger financial contributions to Ukraine relative to the size of their own economies. You're listening to Ukraine Global. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the latest military and financial aid from the USA to Ukraine, how Americans living in Ukraine evaluate the changes inside the country and whether they see positive trends in its development. Mike Wilson, a U.S. Marine and businessman living in Ukraine for four years, says that this country is his home and that he supports us, as does the entire democratic world. How do you see the changes in Ukraine for the last year? We've gone through some really dramatic changes over the past three years. First COVID and now, of course, the war. And the war has been the biggest 
impact on us, uh, not just because of casualties and uh, destruction, but also economically, how it has affected and hurt many businesses and hurt uh, the wages for many people. And, you know, Ukraine is such a resilient country, and we just keep continuing to press forward. We believe in freedom. We believe in our own independence. We believe in peace, believe in working and being independent. We continue to work hard and strive for that. And so it's very encouraging to see within Ukraine that happening. Why it is beneficial not only for the Ukraine, but for the USA also to support us. You know, it's not just the United States that need to be involved. It's the entire West, you know, Europe, UK, uh, even as far as Australia and, you know, and even Japan and, and we can go on. But that support is necessary. The financial support is important because we don't want to see everything collapse within the country. So the financial support is a big deal. Uh, they're technically supposed to be loans so that Ukraine at some point will have to pay that back. Fortunately, they're at a very low rate so that uh, it makes it more manageable to work with. But militarily, of course, that is the key part of this to be able to defend ourselves with modern technologies and uh, equipment. And so it is very good for us to see the Abrams and the Tigers coming in from Germany, from the United States, equipment from UK. Um, one thing about the UK and the US, I mean, they are sending solid and very good equipment that uh, is dependable and works very well. And that's really kind of changed the tide and that allowed Ukraine to be able to stand its ground and even take uh, parts of Ukraine back. You know, it's unfortunate that the attrition on both sides is very, very heavy. And in the modern war, I mean, the numbers of military losses is just beyond, you know, comprehensible because it if you lose 20,000, if you lose, you know, 30,000 or 40,000 within a conflict, you're pretty much having to reevaluate and, and you know, withdraw or to get in, get onto the negotiation table, you know, to work out a deal. But, you know, Russia's lost over 200,000 and they just keep, you know, throwing more at it. Now, that's an old Soviet mentality. China did it. USSR did it during World War II, during the, during the conflicts, the Korean War, North Korea, which is a communist country. They did the same thing. They just throw, you know, numbers to try to, to overwhelm. And they don't care about the losses. And that's the unfortunate part. It's a very uh, sad uh, situation that way. So our our support from the United States is incredibly important, but for the United States as well, because Ukraine is entering into the EU and it's not going to be an EU non-NATO country. It's going to be, it'll enter into the EU and it'll it'll take on the market uh, share of the EU and the commerce and, and the uh, no, what do they call that, um, customs. Uh, so all it'll be a one market system, and all of that is vital to the strength and the support in of the EU. So it's it's Ukraine's fight is actually a representation of the independence and the freedom of a free world. And so the support of the U.S. this actually validates and gives the strength that is necessary to have the world in a position of being free against tyrants like Russia, against tyrants like North Korea, against tyrants like China. These are our largest threats in the free world. And that's why it's important for the U.S.'s involvement and the win, the, the win of the war in Ukraine. America is Ukraine's strongest partner in economy and defense. This alliance is needed by both sides. It is especially crucial for Ukraine because it needs weapons as a country still at war. 
Still, it is important to understand that Ukraine is not just a victim country and it is profitable for the USA and other world partners to support Ukraine, first of all as a developing democracy. Second, morally, because we are fighting for ourselves and the whole world. Third, we are a prosperous country in almost every sphere, starting from black soil and finishing with the most valuable asset, the people. So we must send the message to the West that supports us. You are supporting yourselves. We hope that radio programs like this make some contribution to achieving this big goal. And the task for Ukraine is to know how to make the most of its potential and show it to the world. That was the weekly program Ukraine Global, prepared by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vira Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova.